Tracelink's Roddy Martin talks with McKinsey & Company senior expert Robert Cantal about how to build agility into your strategic thinking and why ERP is no longer enough in this episode of the Patient Driven Supply Network podcast. Welcome to Bob Cantal. Bob, um, I'm so pleased to have you on this Tracelink Supply Chain Thought Leadership Series. You know, our goal is to interview um, people and respected leaders I've worked with over the last 20 years and who have something very pertinent to say about supply chain. This is not a general supply chain discussion. This is, you know, a group of people, almost like chapters in a book that have very specific comments and learnings that they want to share. And, and I think it's a privilege for us to to have you as, as one of that team. So I'm not going to try and introduce you. You and I go back by Boston Scientific, Biogen, and many other places. Welcome. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. And really the question that we're going to answer, I think you're going to tee up as the nugget of your starting uh, point. So over to you, Bob. First of all, thank you for inviting me uh, to join you today. I always enjoy our conversations. Uh, my name is Bob Cantau. Uh, I've been in life science uh, industry for 30 years. Part of that was spent in the pharma, part in med device, and uh, part in biologics. And more recently, I have transitioned into consulting as a senior expert in the supply chain space. And that's where I am today. So um, I think what we uh, wanted to talk about today was uh, agility and how do you think about agility and introduce that capability into your supply chain. And, you know, during my time at uh, the various companies, um, I have understood and been part of several transformations. And some of those transformations included an ERP implementation. And what I've seen as the industry has evolved is that I think about ERP now as kind of um, digital 1.0. It was very capable of doing initial integration among the trading partners, but as the supply chain has become much more complex, much more outsourcing, um, while it's a necessary part of the supply chain, I don't believe it's not, not necessarily sufficient to deliver the kinds of capabilities that the patients require. And I think that's a very good point. You know, ERP is not the bad guy in this equation. Uh, in, in actual fact, you know, there's a very good reason why ERP was quote unquote invented by Gartner as a term many years back. And that was because all of the, the modules you find in ERP today, like finance and procurement and you know, even HR and uh, MRP, were all separate systems in many companies. And you needed to put them together to at least to integrate the back office and the, the back office data of a business. So, so I think to your point, and not to, not to just repeat what you said, but it's, they're absolutely necessary, um, but they're not sufficient for trading in this demand-facing network where, you know, variability is the order of the day. Um, so, you know, in terms of agility, uh, Bob, we've gone to, uh, had some real fun times getting input from many people inside of Tracelink and in, outside in the industry on this supply chain credo. And the credo is a very simple thought. There's nothing revolutionary about it. Just that how do we crystallize 
what are the key North Star guiding principles, the transformation blueprint in real simple language, in a technology agnostic way, in a vendor agnostic way? How do we crystallize something so that, you know, a leader who has a nominal understanding of healthcare could say, you know what, all of these points make absolute sense, but it's all on one sheet and we can think about uh, what is important. What pops out at you about the, uh, in the credo? Sure. So I think, um, you know, the first point around make sure that your supply chain is patient centric is key. If there's a single, you know, North Star in terms of how do you always think about trade-offs when you're making supply chain design decisions, that should be your guiding principle. Um, and, and I think if you start there, you're on a good course to make sure that your supply chain is going to be designed in a manner that's effective in, in making sure that patient outcomes are optimized. And I think that's a great point. And, you know, no names, no pack drills, but I can remember working with a very senior executive who said when I approach, you know, shouldn't we approach this supply chain redesign as a patient-centric? And he was like, yeah, uh, but you know what, let's not confuse the business at this stage. And, and I think the point is not that you have to design a detailed patient view into every single process in the back office of the business, because that's just being stupid at this stage. But I think bearing in mind that everybody in every part of the healthcare system does whatever they do for the purposes of serving a patient is really the idea, right? I mean, if I do things in a certain way, I package things in a certain way, I ship things in a certain way, it's because I want the patient to get on time and full to use supply chain language. So, so I love to comment and, and, you know, I do, I do want to compliment you. I mean, of all the webinars, recorded webinars I've done, and, you know, we've done some pretty heavy hitters. Uh, I really feel that you put the most thought into concretizing, um, you know, your perspective on ERP being enough, but not really sufficient going forward. And, you know, that's how I know you, by the way. I, I always knew that I better prepare for a meeting with Bob because he's not going to let you float around in the clouds. He's going to go down to the real detailed world. So, so I think, you know, I loved your comment you made about, you know, where do you start with agility? Because I wake up, I, I listen to this and I say, you know, I love this discussion about agility, but I, and I want to do something. And, and I can see that it makes sense and I can't go and buy it in a candy store. Where would you start? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is, okay, so where do we go from here? I think some concrete ways that I think about, um, I delineate into kind of three buckets. The first bucket is to really have an ability to sense a disruption very quickly. Um, and I've seen uh, more progressive companies use a control tower, for instance, capability, where they have some digital connectivity amongst all the different trading partners, and they're able to quickly see that a shipment's going to be late, and they can either notify the customer or make alternate routing, et cetera. So, so I think having the ability to understand that there's a disruption happening and you can set tolerances, et cetera. But I think that's the first thing. Right. I think, you know, that then would say, how do I build in structural agility in, into my supply chain? Um, I've seen more and more um, 
life science companies kind of start to disaggregate how they actually bring products to market. So you have, you know, one person that might make the drug substance, another one that might make the drug product. Some supply chains are almost completely virtual. Um, then it goes to a distributor. And, and so how do you get an orchestration amongst all those and agility in that orchestration? So I, I would think about it from a structural standpoint. And then finally, from an operational standpoint, how do you actually introduce agility into your operations? And so there, I think of things like cross-training labor, uh, about introducing lean concepts. So you're taking out waste, um, reducing your lead times, being more responsive, um, you know, going from a, a push to a pull system, all those kinds of things in aggregate start to make your supply chain more agile. Yeah, those, those are very good points. I'm going to pick up on a few because I think, you know, in the context of the question where we said, you know, hey, ERP was a way of integrating your, your inside and your back office of the business. And, and you, you can't have separate systems doing all of that stuff because that's a showstopper on itself. And, and along came control towers and a lot of companies said, wow, you know, this is the chance I get to sense in real time, you know, events happening around the business that I could never see with my ERP system. It wasn't designed to do that in the first right. place. So let's not, you know, try and convince ourselves that ERP is a control tower. It was never meant to be a control tower. And I think we've, you know, we've, we've learned that we need something else to be able to sense those events. And I think the second point you make is, is so important. And that is the, the structural response to manage uh, to implementing agility and, and these disruptions. And I loved, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the main panel that, uh, that we did and also the Logifarmer panel where Paul McKenzie, who you probably know, but is now the CEO of CSL Bearing, used to be the head of Tech Ops. Well, you know him from Biogen anyway. So, so Paul made the point that, you know, uh, I, need, I need some sort of a reliability meeting. And as the COO, I go sit in those reliability meetings because I listen to those sense events and I decide whether this is a little wisp of smoke, a big puff of smoke, whether it's a raging fire and, and how urgently do I need to deal with that. And to me, the ability to structuralize and operationalize those sensed events that you talk about are so fundamental for agility. Now, just sensing the event doesn't make you agile, right? You've got to put your team, and I think the next point together, which you made, which I'm going to you know, ask you to make about you know, a cross-functional team, is the most important because that's the response to the event and, and making sure that you deal with it in the future. So talk about that, that response, that agile response to those. Yeah, Exactly where I was going to go, Roddy. I, I, I think of, you know, having kind of a war room type capability. Um, an analogy I always think about is, you know, when you're ready to support an FDA uh, audit, right? You have a cross-functional team already pre-assembled. They all know what their roles are. There is a, you know, a very structured way in which you gather data, preview data, present data. There's a, a very structured way on who makes decisions, how, what level of empowerment. To the degree all that's put in place ahead of time allows you to very quickly then engage in those types of alerts and say, to your point, 
is this a small issue and we can handle it at level X or is this a large issue and we need to go to level Y? And having all of that preset makes you much more agile, makes you much quicker in your response and much more structured. And, and it can take some time to do that and get all that in place. So I think making sure that not only do you have a control tower, but you have the governance and structure in place to complement that um, is as important as understanding that there is an issue. One, again, like with ERP, one is great, but it's not sufficient. You need both to complement one another for, for an effective agile response. Yeah, and you know, one, one other point that I will make, which builds nicely on, and you can maybe respond to this, and, you know, there's always a side bet that Roddy somewhere is going to talk about Procter & Gamble, right? There's always somebody who says, Roddy's going to give a PNG example. Well, so, so here is a PNG, and it's a very public one, and I think it's a, it is, in my opinion, a real best practice. And that is, they know their processes so well. They know they're going to get it 95% right 95% of the time. But you know what? They're fast enough to see and they've codified the response so well that in that 5% where things were unplanned, they're probably still going to get it right. And to me, that is one of the real key elements of agility. That's kind of that factor X. And so the point I would tee up was, you know, you made the point investigate and analyze the causes of disruption. And, and I'm sort of in some ways a little disappointed and I guess shocked that when I talk to a lot of supply chain people, they don't necessarily know the end-to-end -end process starting at the patient and going all the way back to CMOs. And, and you know, I worked with you on a CMO, big CMO project, and, and it, that was the focus. Understand all the way from the patient, all the way back from the CMO, all the way to the patient. So that understanding of the process, I mean, how common do you see it? How important do you think it is? Because that is how the business actually works. It is. And, 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 um, I'm ashamed to admit I'm, I'm probably guilty of that sin that you just talked about. Um, I'll give you a, a real life example. Um, you know, I was running a distribution and um, we thought it would be great for a hospital to aggregate their orders, send them a single invoice and a single shipment. And we thought, you know, that would be lean. You know, why would you want five invoices versus one? Why would you want five shipments? And the hospital called us up and said, what are you guys doing? And we're saying, we're trying to be a great partner to you. And they explained to us that, you know, each of the labs places their own order because they have their own budget. So when you send us one invoice, we have to then break that down into five separate bills for our internal use and then we have a very small loading dock so we don't really have an ability to take a big package break all that down and subdivide it into what lab it needs to go to and that was the epiphany of oh my gosh um, when you talk about inside out versus outside in we really need to get out and understand our customer better and I spent the better part of six months out with some big hospital organizations really learning about how we could help them more effectively be a partner and, and deliver value to their, to their uh, patients. You know, and that's a, you know why that's also such a good example, because I think 
to, to go back to the ERP case, right? ERP is built to codify the inside-out supply and forecast-driven processes of a business and integrate all the back office functions. Well, you know, to, to start differentiating between, because some companies will say, I want it all as one order. And others are going to say, I absolutely don't want it as one order because I'm not set up to handle that order. So, so you need that flexibility in the downstream processes. Plus, I think what a lot of people forget, you know, yes, consumer goods has got it, you know, well, and PNG's done great on the shelf. But, but life sciences is different. There's different channels. There's distributors, wholesalers, retail pharmacies, clinics, hospitals. And every one of them is not just nuancely different. They're very different. And so to be able to, uh, in a sense, design those processes and configure those processes, you have to go out and understand every single client and how they are set up. And the reality is they may change because they may say, well, we've set up for, you know, multiple uh, uh, parts of the business because we don't have the structure to consolidate. Year two, they say, oh, for scale, we now want everything in one. So now you suddenly got to turn what you did on its head and, and, and completely re-engineer processes. So, so this is the point. Um, ERP wasn't made for that level of downstream f- flexibility. So you have to complement ERP with other digital means. And I, you know, I love the idea that you put forward that, I mean, ERP is digital 1.0 and, yeah. and uh, it, 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 it codified the digitization of our business in many ways, but we need to do, um, to, to do a lot more. So, you know, I, I think the journey to agility is, uh, um, is key. Let me, let me ask one kind of last question and we can tee up a conclusion on the on the credo and that is you know, what do you think the most difficult element is for companies and leaders to say you know what i'm going to transform this business i'm a x billion dollar company i'm going to do it differently from here onwards where do you where do you how, how do you think about that yeah i i i think based on what i've seen a lot of companies get stuck in what I call pilot purgatory. They, they want to try a little bit of a digital application here, a little bit there. Um, and, and I think that's, I applaud them for, for wanting to take that initiative, but I think it needs to move from a tactical type of one-off to an integrated strategic roadmap that kind of talks about, here's what we're trying to solve for and from a process and a, and a patient standpoint, and then here are the technologies that will enable that. And I think the roadmap can change over time. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think as we learn and get smarter, um, you know, we can incorporate that and make it a closed loop system. But, but I would encourage folks to start thinking about agility and, and, and using digital as a means to enhance that through the use of a, of a roadmap and having a clear strategic uh, kind of sense of where you want to take the organization. That would be one. And then two, I think it's about communicating to the organization what that vision is and preparing the organization to be part of that and support that journey. Yeah, good, really good points. I mean, if we, if we made recommendations and we said, let's think about it in 
stop, start, and continue terms, right? I mean, is there any one particular, you know, there's hundreds of things we need to stop doing, right? But I, I think there are a couple of, you know, 80, 20 that are, that are right. really key. If there's one stop you would single out, what would it be? You know, I still see a lot of organizations use inventory as kind of the single solution or band-aid, if you will, in lieu of, of risk management and building in agility. And life sciences uh, enjoy generally high margins. So, you know, they, they tend to say inventory is something we can afford. So we will just solve all our, all our challenges through inventory. And that's, that's a, a mentality I would encourage us to stop doing. I think that's a really good one. And I mean, that's fundamentally embedded in the, in the credo, right? Moving from a supply centric where inventory is a safety factor to patient centric. And, and it doesn't go without its challenges, right? Because right. getting accurate demand forecast in a world where personalized information is, you know, is, is dangerous at this point in time, we haven't really figured out a really good way around it. So if I said, you know, what if, because look, the industry is not broken. People are still getting drugs. So, so what is it that we do well? What, what do you think we need to continue doing? And, and we can kind of build around as a good foundation to go forward. I mean, I think continue, if I had one thing, it would be what we started with is make sure that you continue to use the customer, the patient outcomes as the guiding North Star for the decisions that you're making when you design the supply chain. I, I think that's the one constant, um, regardless of how things have changed over time, regardless of you know, the new methodologies to treat patients. That's the one thing that I think remains true and should continue to remain true um, for, for us as we, as, as we continue to design supply chains for the future. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And then, you know, I mean, continue is a kind of a flip side of start, but I think there are, maybe you have a thought on, you know, what to start doing uh, in contrast to the stop doing. Yeah, sure. So I think we touched on it is, I think it's start to do a couple of things. One, start to make sure that agility is built into your strategic thinking. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, kind of that would then cascade down to making sure you're starting to build a roadmap for incorporating digital or, or you know, new technologies into your supply chain. And, and, and I love that. I love that because I think that in the way that you've just said that there are a couple of elements that I would fold in. One is, uh, and, and I think you imply this, um, first of all, make technology part of the business operating model strategy. I mean, it's not something different. It's not gone on the days where you say to the CIO, you know, off you go for the next three years and call me when you finished your, your ERP implementation, right? It just doesn't work like that anymore. Uh, the, the, the second point is, you know, uh, one of the people that I had was Professor Amira Khan on supply chain risk management studied at Cranfield. And, you know, her comment that she always makes is, why is supply chain risk management something separate? Why do we develop a risk management strategy, put it in the bottom drawer, and then when there's a crisis, we haul it out, dust it off, and say, oh, let's quickly see what we need to do now. Why is it not continuously tracked as part of the governance model? And I think that fits into your start, right? right. So, so the start becomes 
collect things like that are strategic capabilities, like agility, like uh, supply chain risk management, uh, like the, the enabling, you know, technology, and, uh, and, and bring it all together in a way that doesn't confuse the business and that there's a, pra- a practical and a pragmatic roadmap. So, I mean, I think that those are, you know, excellent, uh, excellent points. So, so, Bob, thank you very, really much. I mean, I really appreciate this discussion and I, you know, certainly respect your ability to get down into the detail because, you know, supply chain, we can get so high in the clouds and it's people like you that keep me with my feet nailed to the ground because it's, it's quite easy to go off into the, into the ethosphere. So, you know, for that, I thank you and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on this. Uh, and I look forward to continue interacting with you. And we've got uh, your uh, your other consulting friends doing one of these together uh, with us as well. So um, I'm sure they're going to learn something from you as well. So thanks, Bob. It's been a pleasure having you.